Psalm 93, you'll notice that there are only five verses in this psalm. And I was asked to teach it, which I think was by design. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I, it makes sense to me. Let's read the text, starting in verse 1. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters. Mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. We are not particularly familiar with uh, being Americans with the concept of sovereign powers, uh, kings, kingdoms. Um, sometimes it's, it's, it's just enlightening to look at the definitions, to see, look at the terms, to see what it is actually that we're, we're talking about. Um, I like to use Webster's 1828 American Dictionary because I helped him write it. Um, so, but I couldn't remember everything, so I had to look some of these words up. Um, monarch. I mean, if you had to define uh, what a monarch is, how difficult would that be? That would be tough for me. Let me read it to you. Definition. Monarch, the prince or ruler of a nation who exercises all the powers of government without control or who is vested with absolute sovereign power. An emperor, king, or prince invested with an unlimited power. That's what a monarch is. A monarchy is where the monarch rules absolutely. We think we know what the word king means. Well, let's just look at the definition. King, the chief or sovereign of a nation. A man invested with supreme authority over a nation, tribe, or country. Kings are absolute monarchs when they possess the powers of government without control or the entire sovereignty over a nation. They are limited monarchs when their power is restrained by fixed laws. And they are absolute when they possess the whole legislative, judicial, and executive power, or when the legislative or judicial powers, or both, are vested in other bodies of men. Kings are hereditary sovereigns when they hold the powers of government by right of birth or inheritance. I looked up the word majesty. Verse 1, the Lord reigns, he's robed in majesty. Greatness of appearance. Greatness of appearance. Majesty. Dignity. 
grandeur, dignity of aspect or manner, the quality or state of a person or thing which inspires awe or reverence in the beholder, applied with peculiar propriety to God and his works. Jehovah reigneth, he is clothed with majesty, Psalms 93.1. That's why I like to use the 1828 dictionary because the examples that they use are oftentimes from scripture to, in defining a term. Greatness of appearance, dignity, grandeur. Look at the verse again. The Lord reigns. We, we, could, we could park there. We could stop right there. The Lord Jehovah reigns over everything. Is the word we get sovereign, sovereign from. He governs everything. The Lord God is ruler over all, heaven and earth. All that is, he reigns over it. And he is, the text says, robed in majesty. It does not say that he wears majestic robes. But majesty is his robe. He wears majesty. So in the presence of God, that majesty is such that we are stricken with awe. The word awesome is thrown around, you know, I had an awesome hamburger yesterday, right? God is awesome. What happens to Isaiah when he sees the Lord high and lifted up and, it's, and the text says there in Isaiah 6 that the Lord's train filled the temple as a robe, wearing this robe in majesty. It's, if it were an actual robe, it would be so majestic that it would completely fill the entire temple. It's so majestic. We too often fall into the trap of having small thoughts of God. That God is not nearly as big in our minds or in our thinking as he should be. And then he's infinitely larger than what we can even imagine. But to have small thoughts of God is a, is a travesty in the highest degree. The Lord reigns, he is robed in majesty. What is majesty? Greatness of appearance, dignity, grandeur. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as a belt. So here he's clothed with two things. Majesty, grandeur, dignity, and strength. So it's not just for show. He has power. He has strength. It says that he has put on strength as his belt. It's not a belt, but... It's as though <laughs> he wears strength itself. He possesses strength. He's the definition of strength. He's um, um, omnipotent. All strength. All power. You think, I, I don't know if you ever meditate on these words, these terms, omnipotent. All-powerful. All-powerful. 
Is there anything God can't do? No. There's nothing that hinders him from doing whatever he purposes to do. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Now, why does he say that? It was because the Lord has established it in his power. And because of his power, the earth exists and continues to exist and will never be moved. Because why? Because he said so. You remember when you were growing up? Maybe you don't remember this. Some of you don't. I, I, I fear that some of the younger children these days don't ever hear this from their parents. But they say, why do I have to do this? Because I said so. I heard that a lot when I was a kid. And it wasn't necessarily because my mom didn't have a good reason. But that was reason enough. You know, I don't have to explain to you. I'm the mom. You're the child. I told you to do something. Why are you still standing here? If God says something, we want to know why. It might be wiser to just shut up and just well, because he said so. He's, he's, who are we dealing with? Who are we talking to? We're not talking to a parent. We're not talking to grandpa. We are talking to the sovereign, ruler, majestic, powerful over all that is, and that includes you and me. He's over it all. It reminds me of what Jesus said to the disciples just before the Great Commission, or, or actually in speaking the Great Commission. He says, all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Well, how much power is that? I mean, is there any other place that he, that, where he doesn't have power? I mean, what is there besides heaven and earth? He has all power in heaven. He has all power on earth. That's, every, that's all. That's all of it. He has all power everywhere. And Jesus is the one who's saying this. In fact, the scriptures refer to Jesus often. He is referred to as, uh, as uh, Jehovah. Jesus is Jehovah God. We could easily say here that this is speaking of the Lord Jesus. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. So not only does he reign, but he has reigned from eternity past. And all, how do you, I mean, somebody's got a definition for that, but it's never satisfactory because it's always like, how, how can you grasp? How can you grasp eternal life, life that never ends? How can you, how can you grasp eternity in both directions? You know, eternity past. I mean, we can sort of think, okay, we had a beginning and we're going to live forever. Okay. Where'd God come from? He didn't come from anywhere. He's always been everywhere. Your throne is established from of old. Notice it says throne. He's always been king. He didn't become king. From eternity past until eternity future, he will always be upon his throne ruling and reigning over what he has made. All of it. And there is no contender for that throne. The throne belongs to him. He will always be on that throne. And this, beloved, is our God. This is the one whom we worship and who is deserving of it. 
And to have small thoughts of such a great God. I don't know that it's sinful. But it is certainly sad. And it may show a sign of of spiritual immaturity. We need to meditate on these things. Verse 3, the floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Have you ever been in a hurricane? Let me see those hands. How many of you... Can you relate to this? Have you ever been at the, at the shore, at the beach, when the hurricane comes through? Well, all that noise cannot compete with God. All that power cannot compete with the power and the majesty of our God. Verse 4, mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. He reigns. He's majestic. He has power. He is from everlasting. This is, this is the magnificence of the Lord God, of the Lord Jesus. And then verse 5, your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Because of who God is, His decrees, whatever He says, is trustworthy. It's reliable. We can trust Him. Holiness befits your house. Why? Well, because He's holy. What is, what is it talking about? His house. That's us. His children. Holiness befits us because we are part of His household part of his family. We are his children. He has adopted us as his own. And we should be holy as our Father in heaven is holy. Then it ends with the word forevermore. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. I don't know if you're looking forward to the day when you will not experience another temptation ever. Ever. But In the moment that we step into the kingdom is the end of sin and the temptation to do so for eternity. I am anxious for that day. We we sing about this sovereignty of the Lord here on a somewhat regular basis. In fact, there's there's this one song in particular that we sing that uh, I'm not going to sign it, but we taught some of the kids how to sign the song, Behold Our God. Listen to these words. And isn't it funny how you can read the words to a, to a hymn that you've sung a hundred times, but when you read the words, it's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that was there. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but listen. Who has held the oceans in his hands? Who has numbered every grain of sand? Kings and nations do what? Tremble at his voice. All creation rises to rejoice. Behold our God seated on his throne. Come, let us adore him. Behold our king. Nothing can compare. Come, let us adore him. There's another song with the same theme that I don't, maybe I haven't been paying attention, but I don't know that we've ever sung it here. 
and there's seven, uh, excuse me, six stanzas. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but, but listen to this. It's, it might be in our hymnal. Rejoice, the Lord is king. Rejoice, the Lord is king. Rejoice, the Lord is king. Your Lord and king adore. Mortals give thanks and sing and triumph evermore. Lift up your heart. Lift up your voice. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Jesus, the Savior, reigns. The God of truth and love, when he had purged our stains, he took his seat above. What seat is that? His throne. Jesus' seat is a throne. Because why? Because he's a king. His kingdom cannot fail. He rules o'er earth and heaven. The keys of death and hell are to our Jesus given. He sits at God's right hand till all his foes submit and bow to his command and fall beneath his feet. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. He, all his foes, shall quell, shall all our sins destroy, and every bosom swell with pure seraphic joy. Verse 6, rejoice in glorious hope. Jesus, the judge, shall come and take his servants up to their eternal home. We soon shall hear the archangel's voice, the trump of God shall sound, rejoice. Let's rejoice in the Lord who reigns in his majesty, who has called us, of all people, to be his. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this, for who you are, and that the Lord Jesus has condescended to come down from realms of glory out of the ivory palaces into this world of woe to seek and to save the lost, to gather his sheep into his fold. We thank you for who you are. We worship you for who you are. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.